Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. The semifinals are now set in Torino. Welcome to TC Live, your post-game show to wrap up all the action from day six at the ATP Finals and get you caught up on everything else in the world of tennis. Here's what's coming up over the next half hour. A winner-take-all showdown for the right to advance out of the red group. Sitsipas and Rublev for the third time in three years at the ATP Finals. Plus, we look ahead to Saturday's semifinal with Taylor Fritz taking center stage against Novak Djokovic. Looking to become the first American to reach the final in more than 15 years. And while Iga Sviantek is on vacation, we ask our experts how much better the world number one can get in the new year, if that's even possible. Come on into our studios in Santa Monica, California. Great to have you here with us. Steve Weissman back alongside Hall of Famer Jim Courier. And we got the Hall of Famer Andy Roddick over on the big screen. That's right. We're, we're starting off with the match that we just saw. The winner take all, Andy. You just watched Jim call that match with Brett. Rublev getting past Tsitsipas. What's your instant analysis? Well, Rublev didn't panic. I mean, Tsitsipas was lights out. He looked like a future number one player uh, in that first set. And so for Rublev to kind of hang in there through those first four to six games in the second set and kind of uh, stay away from the, the, the blood force trauma that, that was Tsitsipas's game in the first set, it's a real credit to Rublev. And then he just rolled in that third set, got a little bit of an emotional high and really fed it into the third set. I thought he looked great, served pretty well, defended his second serve uh, a little bit better than I thought he might. My main takeaway from this is a little bit of a feeling of empathy for, for Steph Tsitsipas. Things that are out of his control are impacting him. His family, they're so invested in his success. They want so much for him. They want to help him from the sidelines. But they're just hurting him, and it's hurting his chances to play good tennis. You saw how he threw his serve away with two double faults. He, he got lost in the match when his parents started jawing at each other. I just feel for the kid because Steph seems like a good guy to me, and, and he's, he's said time and time again he doesn't want the input from the bench, but they give it to him anyway. It seems like they need a therapy session to figure it all out to, because they all want the same. They want their kid to do well. Of course they do. It's just not working. The way it's going about right now, it's just hurting him more than it's helping him. All right, we'll have much more on that match coming up, but we start with Novak Djokovic, the five-time champion. Hasn't dropped a set all week. Taking on Daniil Medvedev, Andy, who is still looking for his first win at the finals this year. Yeah, he's had a couple of heartbreak losses uh, in a couple third-set breakers coming into this, and Novak kind of picked up where he left off the other day against Rublev when he looked so great, but Medvedev, Credit to him for digging in in this match. Really, no chance of advancing. But he takes pride in being a troublesome matchup uh, for Novak. Definitely as much as any of the other kind of new guys. And by new guys, I mean not Roger and Rafa. And you see Novak, he got put through the paces physically today. Hasn't had a ton of these 
kind of long matches through the course of the year because he's been playing on and on. But Medved makes it physical. He's not going to be scared to stay in a back-end cross-court rally with Novak because this looks scary as his, his hand is shaking. And it, it definitely uh, was some physical trauma going on with Novak. But if we know anything, we know he's going to stay there. Uh, stepped in, was a little bit more aggressive in the third set. May have actually worked out in his favor strategically, but sneaks out the break there uh, as Medvedev serves for the match. You can never count Novak Djokovic out of a match. Doesn't matter what he looks like. Uh, when he's on a switchover, you know he's going to be there when the point starts. And he is so good in tiebreakers. Maybe one of the best I've ever seen uh, alongside a guy named Sampras, but just stay there. And you can see how much this meant to him. Unloads it back and unloads a forehand and then yells at everyone, says, guess who is back? I am moving on. 40th win of the season, goes undefeated in group play, has won 16 of his last 17 matches. The hopes for 4.74 million still alive only for Novak Djokovic. Three hours, 11 minutes, when nearly 80% of his first serve points gets his ninth top 10 win of the year. He's won at least nine matches against the top 10 every year since 2018. Let's hear from both players. Where did you find the will to pull this out? Well, I felt a lot of things, you know, not the greatest things, uh, to be honest. I mean, I, I was struggling a lot, I think. The most that I struggled this year physically, uh, what a battle. We both wanted to win because, you know, He's one of my greatest rivals on the tour. He's huge, you know, quality player, and I just wanted to win. I wanted to win regardless of what's, what's awaiting me tomorrow. I sucked, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's what happened, and uh, it's disaster. But I'm, what I'm really happy is that this match didn't uh, count in going out of the group. Otherwise, I would have two matches where I lost serving for the match. It was interesting because Novak was asked in press what he was thinking when Medvedev was serving for the match in the third. And he said, well, I saw his match yesterday. So he knew he was going to have some opportunities. You know, Jim, people on Twitter, they like to say, oh, this was a meaningless match, which it absolutely was not. There's points, there's money on the line. And, oh, well, you got to play your semifinal 21 hours from now. Conserve your energy. I've got two Hall of Fame champions with me. So mm -hmm. does that thought ever cross your mind when you're on a court? I, I think that, that Novak would have been of two minds. One, he wants to beat the guy who stopped him from getting the Grand Slam. Djokovic was one match away from the calendar year slam, and Medvedev just made him work too much and took it from him. He wouldn't have forgotten that. So he doesn't want to give anything to anybody, especially someone like Medvedev. Those matchups matter for down the road as well as today. But secondly, he's had, he would have an eye on tomorrow. And Taylor Fritz, he has a great record against Fritz, 5-0, never lost to him. But three hours and 11 minutes, and you could see he was struggling. He admitted it was the toughest match physically of the year for him. He's got a quick turn tomorrow. Got to be loving that if you're Taylor Fritz, but don't ever count Novak out. Yeah, but let's be realistic. Novak won the first set. So it's not as if he's going to lay down once the third set starts. That's not really an option. It's not the same as if you lose a tough first set and then you kind of start thinking of the macro version of the tournament and where you want to fit into it. But listen, Jim touched on it, especially in rivalries and matchups that can turn and you try new things. And Medvedev got the best of them and that big match in the U.S. Open kind of turned that that rivalry upside down momentarily, you want to keep the upper hand of the matchup. And, you know, Novak was pretty honest. He's seen that Medvedev has had a hard time closing out matches 
recently has been a good closer over the last couple of years, maybe not so much over the last couple of months. So, you know, that, that definitely plays into it. You don't want to let someone off the hook so then they have that mental advantage the next time. So Djokovic gets Taylor Fritz in the semifinals. Kasper Ruud watching the next match with a lot of intrigue because he will play the winner of Stefano Tsitsipas and Andre Rublev. A virtual real-life quarterfinal rivalry, Jim, dates back to the Orange Bowl juniors eight years ago. Quick start for the Greek star. Yeah, this is where he broke the opening set open, got the break of serve in the fourth game, and would hold on. Only lost two points on his serve, didn't make any unforced errors. It was incredible tennis from Tsitsipas, and Rublev was very frustrated but he didn't let it impact his tennis in the second set. He just bided his time, took care of his serve, and when the moment came, he struck. And he was able to get the break and then serve it on out. And this is when Steph started to have some trouble with his parents and, and uh, his team, uh, distracting him a little bit. But Rublev was laser-focused, locked in, and in the third set, after he puts this one away in the second set, his first serve became a huge component. He didn't miss many of them. And that's a real bonus for him because the, the first set he was struggling when he missed first serves. His second serve still a liability for him. Didn't have to deal with it much. So he would hang on to serve and get an early break. And then just for a little extra measure, some insurance. And he would close it out. This is probably one of the fastest three-set matches I've seen all year long. Hour and 42 minutes or so. I mean, that is really quick. We see a lot of a lot of uh, two-set matches go longer than that. So he'll be fresh. He'll be ready for the opportunity tomorrow. Only dropped three points on his serve in the third set. Rublev moments ago with Prakash. Andre, what an achievement. Steph has been having an unbelievable year. He's beaten you both of the times you guys have played this year. How did you disrupt the rhythm after that first set? I don't know. Uh, I was just uh, keep telling myself, keep fighting, keep playing, and uh, we'll see what's going to happen. Actually, I changed the racket after after the little first looser, set. Little I don't know. I just changed the, another racket. It looks like I was hitting for the forehand much stronger. Uh, but yeah, also can be can be option why I start to play better. Uh, but yeah, I'm happy that I was mentally strong today. I was keep fighting no matter what, and I was able uh, to turn around the match because Steph in the beginning he was hitting super hard with the forehand. He was hitting so many winners uh, in the first set, and uh, I'm happy that I was able to turn this match around. Your attitude coming in the last couple of years. I love that. Uh, I, I fought really hard, but wait, uh, I actually got a better racket, and that's what turned things around. Uh, take a look at the match stats, Andy. What do these numbers stand out to you? Well, it's a tale of, of two matches, basically. The first set and a half and the last set and a half. And it, it's just tough when uh, factors outside of the actual balls and strikes of the matchup seem to affect the matchup maybe more than the sheet we're looking at right now, Steve. And to, to piggyback on what Jim said earlier, since the boss is not 18 or 19 anymore, if he feels like it is a distraction consistently for his parents to be part of his traveling team, I mean, it's tough enough to fight with a coach without the added emotional scar tissue of it being apparent as well. So uh, you just feel for him, but he is old enough now to where he has to make a call, right? He may not want to, it may not be comfortable. I mean, we're literally watching him hit up, but this is the kind of stuff you see in juniors where a 13 year old will hit a ball at the fence where their parents are sitting. If the parent says the wrong thing, this isn't something you see from the number three player in the world at world tour finals. So like Jim said, you have a certain sense of empathy, but also 
at certain point, we got to start adulting. We have to take our career by the reins and and guide the ship a little bit. He he has to be able to take some of that ownership if that's what he wants. Yeah, I would say Mark Philippoussis coming into the mix has been good for him. I think Mark not only helps from a tennis IQ standpoint and some tactical help, I, I think that also he just creates a little bit of a buffer when they're not in match. But I do think once the match starts, it's very hard for the parents to, to sort of just sit there and quietly watch. Yeah, adulting. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Got to start adulting. You're a yeah. grown man now. Yeah. Own, own your team. Let's take a look at the semifinals yeah. and how they stack up. They are going to be good ones. Taylor Fritz looking to make the final and looking to get his first win ever against Novak Djokovic. On the other side, Andre Rublev leads the head-to-head for one against Kasparud, but that one win came at the ATP Finals. Well, coming up, we've got some sacrilege on Celebrity Jeopardy, plus... Double Jeopardy. After six days of round-robin action, the semifinals set on the double side in Torino. Some revenge from Australia as well. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. It all started with my parents and they deserve everything. And it, and it does feel like a celebration to me. I wanted to feel like this at the end, and it's exactly what I hoped for, so thank you. It's been a fun ride, and I'm just so grateful to every single person. It's been a, it's been a perfect journey. I would do it all over again. We'll be shedding more tears as Tennis Channel celebrates the legendary careers of Serena Williams and Roger Federer all next month, debuting Saturday, December 10th, 8 p.m. Eastern, an hour-long tribute from our legends like Martina and Andy to these legends. Time now for our Fox weather forecast from Torino. I'm Fox Weather's Jason Fraser, and here's tomorrow's Nito ATP Finals forecast. So we're looking at the weather outside of the stadium in Italy, 57 degrees, along with partly cloudy skies. You can download the Fox Weather app or stream Fox Weather from your favorite connected TV devices. From the car to the door, not bad, 57 degrees, don't even need a jacket. Wesley Kulhoff, Neil Skupski, face the big moment today. Taking on Ivan Dodig, Austin Krychek, Andy. Rematch of the Paris Masters final. Kuhlhoff and Skupski need the win and some help later. They would do their part. Liz, today you can only control what you can control. Option, they had to get a win here early. Obviously had a tough time fighting off that Dodig return, but played well overall. I mean, look at that. There's no way. That's a perfect cross. And he found the four inches of court that there was left over. Uh, really good effort there. And you see the quick back and forth. Skupski getting pumped. Knows that they need this to stay alive. Their tournament is literally at stake. Kuhoff comes up with a sick forehand passing shot. The forehand pass was great. He still has the classiest mullet in all of the land. They pull out the win. Great job by Kuhoff and Skupski. That's a good salad. Yeah, uh, Skupski said, we'll have our Croatian flags <laughs> waving in our hotel room. Hopefully they can do the job for us. Those Croatians being Nikola Mektic and Mate Pavic. They've already qualified. 
But Nick Kyrgios, Tanasi Kokonakis, they need to win. The Croatians, Jim, looking for some revenge. They lost to the Aussies second round in Melbourne this yeah, year. And that was a, a match that had a lot of tension, a lot of fan interaction, and uh, some scar tissue, I would imagine. So revenge very much on their minds. Mektik Pavic opened up with the opening set in the tie break, but the special K's are keeping it close. They're keeping it feisty. Rackets are breaking, flying. Now he's trying to use the Roddick technique, but he just got the grip first. Not a full flat landing, and that was the problem. The other problem, Mektik and Pavic are darn good at doubles, and they were able to figure things out. To save a few match points did the Aussies, but in the end, they are eliminated, and the Croatians get the sweet victory. Yeah, they do. 50th tour-level win together this year. So, Mektic and Pavic will face Lloyd Glasspool and Hari Heliavara in the Final Four Saturday. Rajiv Ramjo Salisbury, they will take on Kulhoff and Skupski in the other Devils semifinal. We've got it for you right here on Tennis Channel. Straight ahead, we ask our experts how world number one Iga Sviantek can get even better in 2023. You're watching TC Live at the ATP Finals. Iga Sviantek is the Indian world's champion. Iga Sviantek, she is your champion here in Miami. The newly crowned world number one. Iga showed us these last six weeks how much she wants to be at the top of women's tennis. A 28th consecutive victory and a fifth consecutive title. Sublime domination by Iga Sviantek for a second. The champion, Iga Sviantek. Second major title of the year. What a year for Iga Sviantek. Two major titles, finished world number one, won eight titles total between February and June. How about a 37-match win streak? The longest on the WTA since 1990. Also won 18 in a row on clay. First player to finish a season with more than 10,000 ranking points since Serena did it in 2015. She just took that number one ranking so from Ash Barty and, and, and ran with so it, Jim. Uh, Andy, we talked about Carlos Alcaraz and how he's number one in the world, but he can get even better next year. What can Iga do to improve upon those incredible results that she had this year? Well, let's just start by saying that anything Jim and I are clever enough to come up with here is nitpicking because she has become a complete player. The way that she's been able to commit to offense this year uh, has been literally career changing uh, for her. We knew that she was dominant on anything slowish and high bouncing. What impressed me most about her year is actually not hitting the ball that well and not liking the conditions at the U.S. Open and then winning that tournament. That is the sign of greatness uh, when they win, when the conditions don't uh, automatically suit them. Uh, as we project forward on how she can improve, her movement on grass can get a lot better. As good as her movement is on clay, that's how not natural it is on grass. When she learns how to kind of like run through the ball and not be in a hurry to stop on a grass court, moving the second serve around the box, mixing up speeds, right? Not going 77 kind of kick towards the body a little bit more. If she can run that 84 to the forehand sometimes, slow down the kick out wide to the seconds. That's really the only opportunity that people have to attack her right now is that second serve. So we are nitpicking movement on on grass and second serve can improve. Those are all spot on, Andy, as usual. Um, something else I think she could probably do a little bit better in this. Again, we're, we're splitting hairs here. 
you know, you don't always have your best stuff. When she's on that win streak, everything feels easy. How do you manage your B game when your A game isn't quite there? I think that's an area where she'll just learn with a little more experience how to, to problem solve her way through uh, a little more shape on the shots on the days when it's not going well. Less flat forehands, do a little more topspin on the ball, give some net clearance, go to bigger targets, and use your aura. She's built a, a legend for herself now. She's the number one. All of those wins mean something. Players will respect that and even fear and crumble to it if you give them a chance. So don't beat yourself on the days when you just don't have your fastball. That's a, another little small improvement that could uh, take her to even greater heights as far as wins in the year. Iga said herself, there's still a lot of work, challenges, and learning that she's excited about. That mentality in its own right says she's going to get even better and right now far and away the best player in the world as we enter the social net earlier this week three celebrity jeopardy contestants got this clue with this photo it said winner of 20 grand slam singles titles this tennis great recently announced his retirement and andy they they none of them knew who he was what the heck what do you mean they didn't know what do you mean they didn't know who he was they did not they answer who is roger federer <laughs> Well, then they're dumb, Steve. They should be kicked off the show. That's unforgivable not to know who this man is. I mean, I, I, they've been, like, hiding underneath. Them. They must have been studying really hard for Jeopardy for the last 25 years since Roger Federer started his career. <laughs> unforgivable. Unforgivable. Actor John Michael Higgins, comedian Joel Kim Booster, and Star Trek The Next Generation star Will Wheaton, Jim. Uh, none of them know who Roger Federer is. Not, not sports guys. Definitely <laughs> definitely not sports guys. Um, it, it's, I mean, Roger's one of those guys. He's a first-name celebrity around the world. Yeah. So that one is a bit of a surprise. Um, but I cannot cast any stones at anyone who goes on Jeopardy. They're going to be far smarter than me. But I know tennis. I would have gotten that I'll one I'll right. do it. The executive I'll producer I'll I'll cast the stones. I'll uh, do it. <laughs> of Jeopardy is Michael Davies, awesome guy, who, by the way, is a huge tennis fan, plays all the time. Jeannie Bouchard this past summer went to his house in the Hamptons, played some tennis. So he has to just have his head in his hands saying, how am I going to hire these people to play Celebrity Jeopardy? They don't know who the great Roger Federer is. Crazy stuff. Uh, this is what's coming up on Saturday. We've got the semifinals. It all comes down to this. Two more days at the Nito ATP Finals. Taylor Fritz looking to make some history against Novak Djokovic. And looking forward to that Kasparud andre Rublev battle as well. TC Live will be here after. And guess what? When we come back from a break, Jim and Andy are going to tell you who are going to win these matches. Jim, Andy, Steve, back on TC Live. Our featured singles matches tomorrow from the ATP Finals, starting with Novak Djokovic coming off a three-hour, 11-minute match today, taking on Taylor Fritz, who was maxing, relaxing by the card he spent all day waxing today. Djokovic leading the head-to-head. -head. That's a little Will Smith summertime. Casper uh, Rude, Andre Rublev as well. But before all this, we got to hear from Stefano Tsitsipas, who lost to Rublev today moments ago in the press. I felt like a better player. I felt like I could do more with the ball today. Uh, I felt like I could just be much more creative. I don't even have to say that. I, I think it's quite obvious. Um, but yeah, he 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 prevailed with uh, with what with the few tools that he has. He was able to really take advantage of them and um, uh, win today. Okay. All right. I, I've got to take that one right right away because that is a carbon copy of every single press conference of guys that I beat. 
They're like, how did I lose to that guy? He had so few tools. I'm better than him. We're talented. I've got better hair. I'm better looking. That exi- I mean, Andy, can you relate to that? Because that felt like that was a little too close to home for me. That was like maybe passive aggressive, but only because it was spoken in a somber tone. Um, that, that, that shot's fired. And I don't think you can go into a press conference and talk about uh, how basic your opponent uh, plays or how basic their options are after they run you out of the building after taking your best shot uh, for 45 minutes or, or an hour. And, I, you know, I can certainly relate. I, I wasn't good at much besides beating players more talented. So, um, you know, and, and I know Jim can relate. So that probably uh, gets us a little fired up because I think we've been on the other end of that press conference a fair amount. But um, there is such thing about going into press maybe a little bit too hot emotionally. The shade, the disrespect. But guess what? Andre Rublev's moving on. He's playing in Casper Fritz, or excuse me, Casper Rude tomorrow. Taylor Fritz taking on Novak Djokovic. Yep. What does Taylor need to do? What's the game plan? to take out Djokovic for the first time. Well, just do what he's been doing, which is play first strike tennis. He's got to serve well. He's got to thump the forehand. And, you know, you can't get caught up in, oh, Novak is tired. He's going to give me stuff. You've got to be ready to take it from him, be ready from first ball to last ball. Taylor has proven himself to be a gamer. It's game time. Go get it for the first time. I think he can do it. He's been close. He lost in five sets in the Australian Open last year to him. So, you know, maybe I think it's a pick I really do. I like his chances okay. tomorrow. I do. What do you think, Andy? Uh, I pick Novak. That's that's who I pick if it's a pick 'em. Um, but I do love <laughs> the way that Taylor's playing. I think I think this I think this service is about as good as it gets for Taylor. What he's going to have to focus on is something he naturally does pretty well is depth through the court because going toe to toe, Fritz can stay there with Novak. Uh, Novak switches directions. Easily, easier than maybe anyone in, in tennis history. And it's going to be who gets hits on second serves. Novak has done such a good job. And especially on a surface like this, his second serve becomes much better on a fast court because he can move it out, move it in and out of different spots. Taylor Fritz has to have his first serve percentage up above 60%. If he gives Novak too many second serves, he's going to be playing off his shoe tops. Listen, it's been great to be in between the two Hall of Famers with the few tools that I have. Ha! <laughs> Semi-final Saturday is coming up tomorrow. We will wrap it up for you on TC Live as Andre Rublev, by the way, tying Stefano Tsitsipas. Most wins since 2020, 145. Don't sleep on Rublev.